Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. How are you doing this day, Michael? Uh, it's dark here. Why don't you go to the guy on the West Coast? Well, let me tell you. Now, last week, you know, last week we, we did a little football. The week before that, we brought in we brought in the theologian. You know, so we brought in the theologian to talk about the theology of Wes Anderson movies and particularly Asteroid City. So I thought this week, if we're going to talk about a Star Wars movie, we need to bring in our rocket scientist. That's what we need to do. So the only one uh, that I know and have on speed dial is <laughs> my son-in-law, Dylan Briggs. So, hey, Dylan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about one of the best Star Wars movies. Oh, he's throwing the gauntlet yeah. down already, Michael. One wow. of the best. Yeah, today... Today, we're going to The Empire Strikes Back. You know, with Ahsoka coming out on Disney Plus, uh, prior to this podcast dropping, you know, we thought it would be good to go to where the roots of Star Wars lies in what many consider the greatest trilogy of all time. Now, we've, done, we've done Star Wars A New Hope. Now we're doing The Empire Strikes Back. We're being very methodical as we lead up to what I think is the greatest Star Wars movie, Rogue One. Oh, I just had to throw that out there, Michael, just to mess with you a little bit. I think it messed with Dylan Moore. He just told you this is his favorite. Well, he didn't say it was the favorite. He said it's one of the best. And and I would agree. The, you know, the, the Empire Strikes Back is a fantastic, fantastic sequel that, honestly, who expected this? to be coming uh you know the first star wars kind of wraps up you know it's like well it's all over they're giving people awards the death star is done and now where do you go from there well they go to the empire they didn't destroy all the ships in the first movie they only destroyed the biggest one and on may 21 1980 they released The Empire Strikes Back. Now, here's the crazy thing. This movie cost $30.5 million. Now, I want, I want you to consider this. This is 1980 money. $549 million. Huge. This was a billion-dollar movie in its day. And I remember waiting and anticipating this movie come out. I mean, this was everybody. This, this was it, man. We, oh, we can't wait for this movie to come out. This is going to be awesome. You know, the first one was so good. Where do you go? You know, this is even going to be uh, better. Dylan, I was four years old. How old were you? You know, I would say, you know, I wasn't quite born yet. I was a little young. But I love it all the same. Nobody yeah. likes either of you at were, this moment. I'm were just you saying. In eighth or ninth grade at that time, uh, all right. I, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, I saw the first one, like the weekend it came out. <laughs> I was in fifth grade. You know, here we are now a couple of years later. 
saw this one in the theater too. Had the video game, the Atari video game, hardest video game ever made for the Atari console. The, the stupid empire at at walkers just kept coming. You couldn't stop them. There was no stopping them on the, yeah. uh, on the, on the, on the planet of Hoth. There was no you way. Have, uh, you should have used your cables. No, there was no way to do it. You didn't have enough cables. You'd go out with the little ship with the cables and you, it didn't matter. There were like 50 more behind it. It's like, this was not in the movie. And you didn't send any high scores. Oh no, I did not. I, this, it was the hardest game I ever played. Now, having said that it was directed by Irvin Kirshner. And that's a weird twist. You know, here's this, here's this sequel to the George Lucas classic Irvin Kirshner. And, and here you go. I only knew two movies. This guy has ever directed besides the empire strikes back. Never say never again. Great James Bond movie. And the sequel to RoboCop, RoboCop 2. And and both of those were after. What did he do before that George Lucas is like, oh, you're my boy. You're gonna do uh, the sequel. I I think he was special effects guy. This is yeah. this is I think he was attuned to that whole world of special effects. Now, here's the funny thing: the director also acted. I don't know if you did a little checking on this, but I did. He was in one of the funniest action movies ever made steven seagal on deadly ground he is an actor on deadly ground and he is an actor in martin scorsese's the last temptation of christ he's zebedee so if you want to know what irvin kirshner looks like go to the last temptation of christ and he's zebedee uh, he he was a death row inmate in robocop 2 yeah, but that was a little throw-in. I mean, Zebedee's True. sort of a main character in the in the Bible, just saying. And we are Christ culture and cinema. Just just saying. Sure. <laughs> so so let's talk about the characters a little bit. Let's talk about the cast. And we're only going to talk about the main ones. We have to throw one in here only because he now has his own show on Disney Plus. So we have Luke Skywalker uh reprising his role, Mark Hamill. You know, Mark Hamill's coming back. Now, what I find interesting about Mark Hamill more than anything else is he has really made a career on being a voice actor. You know, more so than anywhere else. He hasn't been out outside of the Star Wars genre. He has really made his career uh, doing voice and, and places like uh, Justice League. He's the Joker in all right. the Justice League animated stuff. Uh a voice in the dark crystal, a voice in wizards, a voice in nightfall. He's all over the place as a voice actor. Uh, you know, uh, that's where he is. And of course, you know, you Dylan, you know him probably from things like he's been on third rock from the, uh, not third rock from the sun, but from the big bang theory. Oh yeah. He's video games as well. I know, yeah. from, you know it's a lot of, a lot of video games. So it's kind of amazing to see his breadth of work is not in front of the camera, but behind, but behind a microphone like us, which is really kind of cool. Can, uh, um, can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you oh, great, good. Michael. So now I, had to, reboot. I, uh, I have to point out that uh, even though Mark Hamill is huge in the voice acting, and it's mm -hmm. a voice, he does play Burt Kreischer's uh, father 
in uh, The Machine, which I did go to the theater with my boys to see. It was pretty fun. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Got to so, see Burt Kreischer. So let's go on to Han Solo. Now, Han Solo, played by, you know, the incomparable, just give him an Academy Award for for you keeping Hollywood alive all these years, you know, uh, Harrison Ford. And, and Harrison Ford, of course, we know him for movies like Witness and The Fugitive. Uh, he is Indiana Jones. Uh, Dylan, your brother-in-law went to the theaters to see him in The Dial of Destiny. Love the movie. Uh, I don't care if it's hemorrhaging money. It's still <laughs> Harrison Ford so as Indy. Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, give him one last ride off into the sunset there. That's right. And as he said, I hope they don't. I, and I agree with him. Let the character now go. You know, yeah. he's he is one with that character, just as he's one with Han Solo. And I think in the latter trilogy, they do a nice job with Han Solo, with Ben Kenobi, his son. Uh, you know, even up through that last uh, that last one, as, yeah. as he kind of comes back as a ghost. Uh, yeah, very they cool. The most fleshed out of all of the original trilogy characters coming back into the sequels. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think I would totally agree with that. Now, Princess Leia, played by Carrie Fisher. Now, she's a Christ Culture and Cinema original podcast because she was in what movie, Michael? Our very first podcast. Come on. The Blues Brothers. Joliet Jake in Elwood Blues, The Blues Brothers. Yes. She is Joliet Jake's wife. Yeah, Absolutely. she's the. She's the jilted wife of Joliet Jake. Uh, great, great scene with her. Uh, died too soon. We're going to miss mm. Carrie Fisher. We sure are. Uh, yeah. You know, but again, here's somebody else who's done some voice stuff and shows up in weird movies. You know, she was in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, which is a hilarious movie. And I love her in movies like that. But she was a voice in Family Guy. So she's another one that has a very distinctive voice and lent it to behind the microphone as opposed to behind the I, camera. I think she fell into the same issue as Mark Hamill, where Harrison Ford was able to escape Han Solo and become other characters. But both Mark and Carrie, sorry, they were always going to be Luke and Leia. And so they, yeah. they did struggle. That's where the, uh, the voice thing became big for them. But now, 60 years old, just sad. Yeah, well, now let me let me jump in. Lando Calris, Cal, uh, Carl Lissian, Lando, played by Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Mm. I mean, if there is a more distinctive yeah, character in the Star Wars universe, and I'm telling you, when they re when they bring that character back in Han Solo, the standalone movie Solo. Uh huh. That character steals the entire movie. He's sure. so good. It's yeah. like the actor who plays plays Billy D's character, Lando, just studied Billy D. Forget about Lando. He just studied Billy D. He had his mannerisms. He had his voice. He had his suave. We love Billy D. That's and right. again, yeah. voice actor, Lego Batman, uh, yeah. Star Wars Rebels. Uh, but here's the one that really uh, let's go into Wayback Machine a little bit. Batman 1989 no. starring who is Batman, Michael? Michael Keaton. There you go. You didn't, you didn't go back far enough. Come on now. I'm Batman. I mean, come on. That's beautiful. 
Go go further back for Billy D. Come on now. You know where who. are you gonna go? Where are you gonna Dan go? Bears. Brian Song. Come on, baby. Oh, I love Dan Brian Piccolo. Brian Piccolo is my friend. I mean, oh, come on, goodness. Dylan, yeah, I know. we got to do Brian Song. You know, that's, that's before my time. Oh, so good. So Brian Song is a movie about the running back and fullback of the Chicago Bears. Brian Piccolo dies ultimately of cancer. And it's a true story. But Billy D plays Gail Sayers. And it's the best line. It's at the funeral when Billy D goes, I love Brian Piccolo. Brian Piccolo is my friend. <laughs> oh, my word. Broke the first uh, white and black man to room together in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gail was true. the youngest member of the NFL Hall of Fame. Beautiful story. Yeah, Gail Sayers blew out his knee. Dylan's not a football guy, so we're kind of, which is which is okay. We'll forgive him okay. for that because Madeline is a football girl, so it's all yeah. good. My daughter is the football girl. Let's talk right. about Chewbacca, played by Peter Mayhew. Okay, Peter Mayhew was Chewbacca. He also had a little role in Dark Towers, but this is who he was. This was his career. He was yeah. Chewbacca, the late, the great Peter Mayhew. He died uh, in and, 2019. Yeah, let's go on to Yoda, the voice of Yoda in this movie. And this is where I love this, right? You know, you can't see this on the podcast, but I can. Right over Dylan's head in my little screen is Grogu, who is of the same, you know, people as Yoda. Uh, the voice was Frank Oz. And I don't care. Now, he was in the movie Knives Out. We did Knives Out as a podcast, did very well for us. But put everything else aside. He is the voice of Bert from Sesame Street. That's where Frank Oz has spent his entire career behind the microphone with Ernie and Bert. And now all of a sudden he's Yoda. Yeah. I, I just think that's hilarious. I mean, they're both puppets at the end of the day. Yes, they are, but very different puppets. I mean, Bert's got the little tuft of hair on the top of his head, and he's always, he's the straight guy to Ernie, you know? And now all of a sudden he gets this freedom of being the voice of Yoda. Now, uh, being Anakin Skywalker slash the man behind the suit, wearing the suit of Darth Vader, is David Prowse. Now, now we know who the voice of Darth Vader is, but the guy in the suit and who at the very end, you know, is is there at that climactic scene acting with Mark Hamill is David Prowse. Now, he was in two very, very uh, eclectic but powerful movies, A Clockwork Orange, hmm. which... If we do this, it might disturb Michael and he may never recover. I've seen it. It's a very disturbing movie. It's weird. And he's also in A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I mean, he's in a lot of stuff, but, you know, we, we always give credit to the voice of James Earl Jones. But there's a guy in the suit. And, and if we fast forward to the third movie, the original third movie that I saw in the theaters... It was David Prowse is in his kind of phantom ghost-like, you know, redemptive state at the end of the third movie. It was David Prowse. Now they alter that later on and they put in the the other actor uh, who will carry on the, you know, the uh, Anakin Skywalker character. Uh, character. How about C-3PO? Now here's the, I always come back to this. 
Anthony Daniels plays C-3PO, and he is the only actor or actress who has been in every single Star Wars movie. He's it. He's the only one. He's getting up there, too. Well, and he did not play C-3PO in Solo, but somehow he got himself into the movie. He's it. His entire career is C-3PO and or Star Wars. Not a bad gig if you can get it, I suppose. Huh? Uh, All right, let's talk about... Because he, he was in Wreck-It Ralph, or Re- uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, as C-3PO, so you're right. There right. it is. Yeah, Joey is so crossing yeah. over into the Disney-verse. I'm telling you. Now, there's only three more I want to touch on. R2-D2, uh, who was originally played by the the uh the 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 midget call it what it is little person actor <laughs> kenny baker gotta be sensitive, right? is it little person these days i mean god bless him he was in a tin can he was. you know now in the later movies now he died uh, in the later movies it's actually a robot you know but back in the day there was a little person inside it basically a garbage can yeah. with a lid you know, well, can you in those conditions, especially in Tatooine rolling around in the desert. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it had to be brutal on him. He uh, he was better in Time Bandits. Well, I was going to say Time Bandits and Elephant Man. Oh, he was yeah. in Elephant Man. So we know him from that. Obi-Wan Kenobi played by Alec Guinness. Now, he wasn't even supposed to be in these latter movies, but he saw he saw Cache is what he saw and he wanted back in so all of a sudden we have the the phantasmal obi-wan kenobi uh showing up in this movie and the next one alec guinness one movie above all movies i will always know alec guinness for and remember him for bridge over the river kwai one of the greatest war movies ever made one of the greatest he was also in scrooge and 1948. Let's go into the Wayback Machine. 48? Oliver Twist. You then, Jeff? I was not alive. How's that? There you go. Way, way back machine. He was an Oliver Twist. I believe he played Fagin, which is like a very big role. Uh, but yeah, Alec Guinness, a tremendous actor. And then last but not least, only because of Disney Plus creating an entire show, but... I'd love to say it's about this character, but it never seems to be about this character. Boba Fett makes his grand appearance in The Empire Strikes Back. And the guy in the outfit in this movie is Jeremy Bullock. Now, here's funny. You know why he was in the uh, costume for this? It fit him. I've seen a couple of things on Star Wars. It fit him. And they're like, all right, just walk in the scene. You're going to be coming and getting, you know, Han Solo frozen in carbonite. That's what you're going to get. And he shows up in Star Wars 3 as Captain uh, Colton. So it's an entirely different character because Boba Fett, obviously, is now yeah. going to be who's playing Boba oh, Fett right child. now. Well, yeah. as a child in Star Wars, uh, yeah. When, by the time you get backwards, Django is the adult. So that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And by the way, Jeremy Bullock was an actor in one of my favorite James Bond movies, Octopussy. It's a good there one. There you have it. 
there you have it. So let's talk about The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, you live under a rock, you do not have television, you do not have cable, you do not have streaming services, you do not have Disney+. Plus. I don't know what to, help to tell you. I don't know how to help you. This movie has been on all the time over the decades. Let, let me explain to the young guy like Dylan. So uh -huh. it's, uh, it's 1995. Yeah. And, and back then they had these things called VHS tapes. And they had this thing called Columbia House where when you, you, you pay for one, you get like eight free and then you got to buy so many over the next three years. Mm -hmm. I, being uh, excited about someday having children, I'm a freshman in college. I, I joined Columbia House with the sole purpose of getting the three Star Wars movies, because that's all there was, and the five Rocky movies, so I would have them for my children someday. So Because I there was never going to be any other technology besides VHS tapes. You, know, you can't beat that VHS picture quality. At, at oh, the time, that was so I, I literally bought these tapes with the sole intent of someday getting to watch them with my children. That's what, by the time my children were born, you know, there's one, two, and e three coming D out. D yeah. DVD. Yeah, DVD, then Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, this movie, I, I, want, I want to go back to the year, you know, 1980. Uh, VHS wasn't really a thing. There were no DVDs. There were no streaming services. Forget you have cable beta? in most of America. Was you went to yet? the movies. Huh? No beta? Well, beta and VHS kind of came out at the same time, okay. along with the large disc players. And the, <laughs> the right. original disc players, I don't know if Dylan knows this, the original uh, DVD-type player, the discs were as big as a as an album, a 33, 33 RPM album. Yeah. They were huge. And you couldn't record on them. There was nothing you could do with them. But the quality of this picture quality was good. Play Frisbee you know, with them. This movie comes out and it blows everybody away. It, it, it's such a tremendous story. The Rebels only set back the empire that's what we learned immediately the rebels are held up on this frozen planet there's luke there's han there's leia there's chewbacca there's r2d2 there's c3po there's our heroes and yet the empire is closing in on them darth vader survived he's pursuing them and you know, through all different, you know, ministrations, they get away. They, they manage to get away. Now, Luke, he's following what he promised to do, which was go be trained by Yoda, by this master Yoda. The problem is he doesn't even know who Yoda is. He's never met Yoda. Uh, he's never been to this planet. But he and R2-D2, off they go. So you have this one story going on. Meanwhile, you have Han and Leia and Chewbacca and C-3PO, they got to find a safe place to be. So where do they go? They go to Lando, Lando's planet, that planet in the clouds where, you know, he doesn't trust them, but there's no one else to trust. So off the, so you have these parallel stories going on in this movie. Um, so, you know, as you look at this, Dylan, and I know you're my, you're our Star Wars guy, as you look, you have these two parallel stories. 
what do you see going on in this movie? What What is this telling us? Well, I'd sort of say, you know, everything's not quite as it seems, right? You have Luke sort of going off to be, uh, you know, in pursuit of this Jedi Master to, to continue his training. And he's met with, you know, some crazy hermit that lives there, you know, in the small planet of Dagobah. Yeah. And you have uh, Han Solo in the band go off to Cloud City and meet Lando. Yeah. And, you know, he, he is not quite as it seems, right? Everything in the city seems fine. He welcomes them. It's all happy. But, you know, it's, it's, you soon find out that that is not the case. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really good observation because when when Luke and R2-D2 land in, you know, Dagobah, it's teeming with life. You know, it's a swamp, but there's life everywhere. And Master Yoda is not who Luke thinks he ought to be. And he's not anything any of us watching the movie at the time would have, we would never have said, that's the Master Jedi. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're all looking for that, you know, Obi-Wan character. Uh, you know, let's go into the first three movies, that Liam Neeson character. We're looking oh for God. that, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for, you know, these kind of bigger than life characters. And instead we get this little green thing with big pointy ears who who talks in a very odd way, you know. It's not what it seems. Uh, and let's go to the Cloud City for a moment. Everything looks nice on the outside, but the Empire is already there. And it's a massive setup is what it turns out to be. Uh, so you have this kind of weird twist to the whole thing. What do you think, Michael? I I I often wonder, you know, as, as um, to bring in our culture and our Christ— as, yeah. as Christians, as guys who've been brought up in the faith, you know, we look at somebody who was brought up Mormon and think, how could you believe that? But when you're brought up that way, that's yeah. what you know. You look at us like we're crazy. And yeah. there's a great scene here where Darth Vader is trying to tell Luke, you know, you don't realize you're important here. There's a quote. You don't realize your importance. You've only begun to discover your power. Join me and I'll complete your training. You know, at this time, we didn't have Star Wars 1, 2, and 3. We didn't see Anakin Skywalker become Darth Vader. To to watch him, who destroyed, you know, the younglings, who yeah. went mm-hmm. after the Jedi, who now has his own idea of we're right, you're wrong, Anytime there's sides drawn, we we joke about it in the Karate Kid. Who was yeah. really the the bully and who was the hero? You know, it, whatever side you're brought up on, that's where you're going to lean. And so we what? see that dark and, and light here. There's that old, you know, there's that old saying: "To the winner, writes the history." Mm. Yeah, you know, there, there's that saying, and uh, you know, as we apply this and we look at this. Uh, you know, the Empire is always framed as the evil. You know, they're always framed as the evil. Now, we don't have Darth Vader slash, you know, Anakin Skywalker's backstory yet. We just don't. Yeah. All we know is he is the super villain in the in the black outfit with the black helmet with the with the breathy with the breathy voice of James Earl Jones. That's all we know. 
Meanwhile, I love when Luke back in Dagobah has to go into the cave and face, you know, face that reality. And when he when he when he pulls out the lightsaber and he strikes a Darth Vader, this phantasmic Darth Vader, and the mask falls off, it's his own face. Right. That's a powerful scene. I, I, I still think most people have no idea what was going on there. But he I, I do believe that Luke Skywalker had to face the reality there that that he had the capacity of becoming Anakin Skywalker at any moment. That that moment showed him he didn't know yet that Darth Vader was his father. He didn't know that yet. Mm. But what he did know at that moment is he had the capacity to go to the dark side. He truly did. I don't know. Oh, did you see that, uh, you guys, or is it just me? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty symbolic, right? It's just as Anakin, right? He was a great Jedi, and then you see him through the collapse of all the Jedi Order and him turn all because, you know, the, the love for his wife Padme. And you sort of see that similar idea where, you know, Luke, you could have Luke potentially go down that sort of route as well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if it, he sort of goes down into that emotional state, yeah. you know, with all this power as a Jedi, you know, all it takes is that one decision and he could sort of switch. Yeah. Well, how about let's, let's, let's translate that over. Now you have Han Solo and Leia where you have this tension of a love relationship and... You know, I love, you know, it's the great scene. I know you and Maddie had the shirts with, I love you. I know the matching shirts was very cute. Uh, And, you know, here's that tension there as well as, as Han Solo is captured, frozen in carbonite, given to Boba Fett, you know, off he goes, you know, he's being returned, you know, to, to the debts that he owes. And yet there's that tension as well. Uh, is Han Solo, does he really love Leia? Is he is he really connected to her? There's that kind of tension, that unresolved tension in this movie. And they, they do a beautiful job showing that into episode seven. The mm-hmm. fact they're separated, you know, it's not some lovey-dovey story. Oh, they've they've looked at all the things they've done. Right. But uh it it's interesting in that we can't help now looking at Empire Strikes Back without looking at one, two, and three, seven, eight, and nine, the, 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 the Obi-Wan miniseries, you know, on Disney plus, I mean, we have so much more information now than we did back then. And it right. changes how we view it now. Um, but I, I, I just, I think about how different it was at that moment, watching those things, the way we felt, I mean, Yoda looked like a freak. Oh yeah, for just seeing Empire Strikes Back, the old man. It's uh, all of a sudden you have one, two, and three, and you're like, "Oh, Yoda's really cool." We saw a weird hermit who was crazy. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yet possessed incredible wisdom. Right. You know, and and that's the thing that you, you know we need to look at that and realize Yoda. In you know he embodies this corpus of wisdom and Jedi knowledge. And his goal is to give it to Luke. And what's funny is Luke is really old. You know, when we go to, when we go to the first three movies, you know, when they go back in time and they do episodes one, two, and three, we go, how in the world did Luke ever become the, the master Jedi? Because he was too old. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, And yet 
that tells you the the again we don't necessarily know all that we see that's how incredibly blessed with you know and this is the one thing i don't like about star wars he had lots of midi chlorins you know he had obviously a disproportionate number of midi chlorins um it's so bad we can all talk star wars and know what we're talking about right it's crazy but the fact that he was able to do this, and I love, absolutely love how Disney Plus in The Mandalorian, when Luke Skywalker shows up on the scene for Grogu, I mean, that is one of the most brilliant recent Star Wars crossovers, because there we have this missing piece of Master Luke, the Jedi Master, you know, tearing up that whole ship, taking out all those, uh, you know, those, you know, those death, uh, whatever they were called, the, uh, what were were they called, Dylan? The The death troopers. I mean, he takes them all out like they're not even there, rescues Grogu, and he's going to go train him, you know. Uh, But but just like we saw from Han Solo and, and Princess Leia's failed marriage and separation, what do we see from Luke? Well, we hardly see him in episode seven. He's gone off on his own. He's a reckless. I mean, I, you know, I'm sorry. I could holler about Kathleen Kennedy and the way she took the direction of Star Wars. Stop seven, it, eight, Michael. Nine. Stop but, it, Michael. But, but it was interesting to see the way Luke, you know, is portrayed there because it was such a great moment. Nobody knew that was coming the way they right. did it and filmed it. Right. And uh, it was huge. Yeah. You know, I, I, the fact Ahsoka just came out. I'm so excited because again, they're using Ahsoka Tano to bring together so many different parts of what we know as our Star Wars universe. And they keep filling in gaps. That's exciting yeah. for all of us who've been doing this for 50 years. Yeah. For, Sorry, for, for those of us, it's been my entire formative life. You know, I, like I said, yeah. I remember going to Star Wars and, and I think the beauty of this particular movie is it creates tensions that are unresolved. You right. get to the end of the movie and it's unresolved. You know, there Han Solo's carted off in carbonite. Luke is missing a hand. He knows Darth Vader is his father. He's got his arm around Leah as they watched, uh, you know, what, what, while they watch Lon, Lando and Chewbacca take the Millennium Falcon off. It, it's all unresolved. And, and in a very real way, here's our crossover, I think, as we as we consider faith, we live in that tension every day. I mean, that's kind right. of the tension of life. It's Life when? is unresolved to the grave. No, I mean, that's what it is. You're always living in this tension. We don't know when the Lord's coming back. No, no. And no. we don't know, you know, from day to day what's going to happen. So we live each day to the fullest. You know, where, I, where I'm where i currently at now, this past Saturday, uh, I was asked to do the funeral uh, for my predecessor. The pastor who served here, he was only 66 years old, retired, mm-hmm. was diagnosed with uh, a myoblastoma, a tumor in his frontal lobe in June, died in August, 66 years old. God bless him, faithful servant of the Lord, cared for his flock, people loved him at the church. And, you know, he had plans for a retirement, but none of that came to pass. And, And I think that's like this movie in many respects. 
I think Luke Skywalker has plans, but none of it works out the way he thinks it's going to work out. Han right. Solo has plans. None of it works out the way he thinks it's going to work out. I mean, for that matter, Darth Vader has plans and none of them work out. You know, when he says, yeah. you know, you know, when he, you know, the, 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 the great line that we all get messed up when he, when he tells Luke that he is his father mm -hmm. and he figures this is moment he's going to win him to the dark side and it doesn't work out. <clears throat> and that's the tension of this particular movie. Life and doesn't always work we, out. We we kind of talked about this before we recorded uh, about how this might be that first movie. You know, we see it all yeah. the time now, the part ones, the continuations. But but never, I think, in a theater was somebody left hanging like they did in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I mean, yeah. Was, I mean, this, was that first. this movie ended. You sat there going, what? When's the next one? Hey, oh, it's going to be it's going to be in three years, you know, exactly. or two years. You know, and buckle your seat. Right, where you just can't keep watching it back. You have yeah. to wait, you know, another three years, find out what happens. <laughs> Nowadays, exactly. if they start releasing one episode a week, we freak out. We got to wait a whole week and it's going to yeah. be yeah. in our in our living room. Yeah, we, we want the Netflix, drop them all at once, <laughs> and I'm going to watch them all that Saturday. I know you, Dylan, oh. and Maddie do that, you know. Yeah. Into the Ahsoka right away, you know, drop it all and watch it all. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to carve out the day. <laughs> I'm sick. Can't come to work. Got to watch Ahsoka, you know? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Unresolved. The tension of unresolved. And yet that's life, isn't it? Life yeah. lives in that tension <clears throat> where everything is unresolved. Well, and, and I think you, you <clears throat> mentioned it, you know, uh, your predecessor had plans all of a sudden cancer dies, you know, I know, I know Dylan and Maddie find those opportunities, even though they work hard to, to take breaks. You know, I'm, I'm constantly telling kids in premarital, find that fine line between saving for retirement, but enjoy your time. Now we don't know. We don't know what right. the Lord has in store. We don't know when he's going to take us or come back. You know, it's that constant enjoy life now. And yet uh, you better save a little bit or you're going to be in trouble later. Well, well, here's the deal. So, you know, uh, you can tell Madeline if I die and there's a dollar left, I miscalculated. <laughs> hey, Only Dylan, kidding, my Dylan. parents tell us all the time, we can either leave it for you or spend it with you. And we're all, that's why we go on cruises all the time. They're spending that's it with right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Enjoy it together. Absolutely. Yeah, well, memory. I think that leads to our question of the day. Uh, in the tension of your own life, as you consider living with the unknown and what you know and what you think, you know, where where do you see uh, the, the Lord paving a path for you forward? And where do you need mm -hmm. to invest? Where do you need to step out and maybe do some things you aren't doing or experiencing some things you aren't experiencing because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow? Life is just simply too short. I think The Empire Strikes Back really does a phenomenal job of creating that tension uh, for everybody. And that's why we love this movie so very, very much. Now, having said that, uh, consider leaving a rating, a review, 
uh, or share the podcast with others. I know, Dylan, this is the only podcast your wife, my daughter, will listen to because you're on it. That's pretty much oh, how it wait, works. Wait a second. Uh, we were her travel uh, listening, no? No, I, I, it's only already. that's our amount of time. Now she travels. <laughs> it's, like, it's like 15 minutes to work. We're too long. So, oh, boy. Uh, And also, don't forget, there's the book, Christ, Culture, and Cinema, How Faith and Films Intersect. You can pick that up on Amazon. Now, next time, because my school has started, Michael, your school has started, Dylan, your wife is teaching. We need to do another school movie. And one of my favorite school movies uh, happens to be The School of Rock. So next time we're going to do The School of Rock. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>